Welcome to this season two episode of the Me Sweet podcast. I'm your host, Donna Peters. I am a career coach for people who want a life, who want to live with what I call a Me Sweet mindset. Just like leaders in the C suite, we need to do three things well in our own personal lives. First, letting our personal core values guide our decisions. Second, keeping our day to day life running smoothly. And third, staying fresh and relevant for the future that we wish to have. Here, our guests balance the aspirational with the practical by sharing tips on what we can start doing differently on Monday to lead our lives with a me sweet mindset. The number one thing I've learned is that people are amazing if you give them a chance to tell their unique stories. So let's get in there. On today's episode of The Be Sweet, I am thrilled to welcome Cass McCrory. She is a marketing strategist by professional trade, most importantly, the mom of four. And you may recognize her name because she is also the host of a top trending podcast called Real Women in Business. And if you haven't checked it out, please do. There is a lot of relevant information there. Uh, both for men and women, from my perspective. It's a very powerful podcast interview-based. Welcome, Cass McCrory, to the Me Suite. Oh, Donna, thanks for having me. So you know better than, I think, almost anyone, the criticality of the foundation of core values. They're even on the top of your LinkedIn page. So you're going to ace this test. (laughs) Let's start with your core values and how they guide decisions in your life. My core values are adventure, learning, and nurturing. And I know that when my time, energy, and money, my resources, Mm -hmm. they are in alignment with my values, Mm -hmm. I will feel fulfilled. I had glimmers of knowing it for probably 10 years before I was able to actually pinpoint. And it was Danielle Lepore has a book called um, Core Desired Feelings. Okay. In Firestarter Sessions, she talked about it. And White Hot Truth, she talked about it. And figuring out what, how I wanted to feel, what values I needed to light up in my life shifted everything about what I prioritized, mm. who I was going to keep up with, who I could let pass. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I like that. And have adventure learning and nurturing iterated or changed yes. over the years? Yes, they have. Something, something fell off and something got added or how did that work? I think for a long time, I had love instead mm. of nurturing. Oh. And it became clear that being nurturing was something that I could do regardless of my relationship. Mm. And love felt like a big reach. Interesting. You know, love is something that is like, that's an inside job. I need to do that with my family and my uh-huh. close friends. But I can be nurturing to the guests that I have on the podcast. I can mm-hmm. be nurturing. And nurturing also felt like it wasn't at my own sacrifice. Yeah. It came from my ability to give. Ooh. Oh, I like that twist too. It's yeah. a mindset. It's very important. Yeah. What is the age range of the four children? Oh, two, three, five, twelve. Wow. Yeah. So are the five and the twelve? in the conversation of core values? Is that part of their vocabulary? Lexi understands, Lexi's 12, and Mm. she understands core values. She understands that if mom isn't happy, Mm. if my feeling of (laughs) whatever, then we need to interject either something that I get to learn or teach, be a part of that process. 
we need to have an adventure. Mm. You know, having adventure is part of the lexicon of my children. Like my yeah. two-year-old goes, go have venture. Like <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> having adventure, having something that sparks awe, being present enough to seek out what you desire, that adventurer's attitude. Mm. Yeah, that's, that's ingrained. Well, it's also interesting too, in this uh, time of the pandemic, I can only imagine how important adventure and learning in combination have been. <laughs> yes. And we've had to get really creative with that. Yeah. And I love how, you know, constraint mm-hmm. creates greater opportunity for creativity. Right. I love right. that. It's yeah. so fun. Yeah. Well, that's a mindset thing too. I mean, you see that as fun. And I think that that's a gift. Yes. I think looking at the, looking at the constraint and saying, mm-hmm. okay, you know what? We're, we're not going to be able to be around a lot of people. Yeah. We're not going to be able to go out to eat or have lunch. But figuring out that the kids' little lunch trays that they like that keeps all of their stuff separated fits yeah. perfectly into a Ziploc bag and that we can pack those things <laughs> and go have an adventure and that I could just hand everybody their little lunch tray and we can take a longer ride home and they'll all just sit <laughs> quietly and eat their goldfish. Like that's magic right there. That never would have happened if I didn't have to get creative. I want the listeners to be aware of a couple of things that are really intriguing and diverse in your background. You've been in massive companies. Mm-hmm. You've been in small companies. You are an entrepreneur having your own company. So a lot of diversity in those different types of environments. We're coming up on the end of a year. People may be getting into the mindset of how do I want to show up differently in 2021? How do I want to be fresh and relevant for the future that I want in 2021? What advice do you have for listeners just based on you living in all those environments and then this, this rich uh, interview base that you have from your real women in business? It's such a good question, Donna. I think that at the end of the day, we're all people. Mm-hmm. And if there's anything that quarantine and coronavirus has taught us is that humanity, it is here with us. And we mm-hmm. have to be really human in our work. And you know, a year ago, that answer would have been different because yeah. at an enterprise level, when you're going to an office that has 2,000 people working in it, mm-hmm. how you posture, how you approach it is different than mm-hmm. when you're doing Zoom meetings in your living room and your 12-year-old is walking up to you. Yeah. So the playing field, the way that we're all coming to the table, coming to the Zoom meeting, coming to the Microsoft Teams, it's mm-hmm. all the same. Mm-hmm. And so now it's really about, okay, how do I how do I align with my values? I think that's a really important part of this conversation is how do I align the work with my values so that I'm bringing the highest version of myself, the most productive, the most valuable version of myself to the table. Mm -hmm. And that means doing some things and not doing other things and being an advocate for the work that you do best, Mm. whether that is in your own business, in your small business, and in your in your huge enterprise. Like there is work that you are uniquely great at and making sure that you're investing the time in that work. And that if you do have to balance that off, which everybody does, everybody has work that they don't, it doesn't align in their core genius. Okay, that's real. But creating a boundary on that, I call that like Thanksgiving pie plate stuff. Okay. So at the Thanksgiving buffet, the turkey, the mashed potatoes, the green beans, the gravy. I'm fine with that stuff all touching. Like I don't need to be a weirdo and have (laughs) that all little compartments. Yeah. But the pie, 
Mm. Time needs its own plate. Amen. Because you have to create great boundaries around the part that you value the most. Yes. It's the feature. Yes. (laughs) So figure out what it is that you like the most about your work Mm -hmm. and protect that part of the work Mm. the best. Create the best boundaries, set up the most amount of time, do whatever you can to do the part that you love the most. Yeah. And more of it will come to you. I believe that. I've seen that. Yes. And I would apply that to the personal priorities too, right? Whether yes. it might be meditation for someone or exercise, right? Protect. Yes. What, what is your personal pumpkin pie? For some, it might be exercise. Yeah. For some, it might be the walk in the morning. Would yes. you apply it to that too? Absolutely. I think yeah. the more we can look at it and say, you know, it's easy to put boundaries around things that we don't like. Mm-hmm. It's much harder to protect the boundaries around the stuff that we love Because we look at that as like, that's like giving, you know, we're taught a lot of things about that sacrifice, you know, and that's glamorized Mm. and it's not, it's terrible. Yeah. It leaves people feeling really unfulfilled. Yeah. Yeah. I had a conversation with my husband a couple of years ago when dinner was getting eroded. Yes. Dinner time was getting eroded and he used to be a chef. And so food and our relationship around food is very, very important. But when I wasn't prioritizing sitting at the dinner table like an adult conversation across the food or when dinner's ready, you're sitting and you're eating, you're not waiting for it to get cold. We had a little moment, one of those conversations of our priorities aren't aligned right now. And I love the way you said it, protect your boundaries, uh, because that was the thing that I valued the most and the thing that I actually wasn't protecting like the pumpkin pie. Yes. So I I love your analogy. uh Yeah. Yeah. We, we now call it the social contract that mm. dinner time is protected. And when dinner is ready, it's not, I'll be there in 10 minutes. It's boom, it's ready. You're there, we're focused. And then you run off and go do all that other junk you need to do. What a great contract. Like you said, mm-hmm. because it's a handshake. It's yeah. showing up for one another and yeah. it's showing up in line with your own values. Yeah. And how stupid of me. Why wouldn't I have prioritized sitting down to a dinner made by a chef? I mean, how stupid am I? Anyway, <laughs> dumb. I love, love, love the analogy. So I'm going to give a challenge to listeners as they're thinking about 2021. Identify your pumpkin pie. And yes. how are you going to put boundaries around it? Yeah, I love it. Give it its own plate. So yeah. That's it. Challenge the listeners to give your pumpkin pie your own plate. I love it. Now, This has made an assumption that people are aware of their core values and they are aware of Mm -hmm. their pumpkin pie. Yeah. Do you have advice for how people can start to do that work if it isn't so clear to them? What are my values? How would I articulate them? Exactly what is my pumpkin pie? In my experience, it's very easy for people to identify what they don't like. Mm. That's very easy for them to be like, ah, this doesn't feel good. Yeah. You know, those those red moments, those become highlighted. Mm-hmm. So I'd recommend collecting those red moments, collecting those things that are not it for mm-hmm. sure. Mm-hmm. And then playing a little game of what's the opposite. Yes. It's very easy to collect the negative. For whatever reason, our brains, whether it's, you know, evolutionary, like we're looking to see, it's much easier to find what's not it. Yes. That's a true thing. Yeah. Identify what is not it. Mm-hmm. and then identify its opposite. And then look at those activities. Look at those things that are the opposite. Look at how it 
feels different mm-hmm. and see if there's some commonality there. And it does, it takes a container. You know, this isn't something that you do for like three minutes when you're in the shower. Like that, that is not time for self-care, right? Yeah, like that's yeah. for self-washing, but not self-care. <laughs> I hear so, the difference. <laughs> yeah, there's a huge difference there. Creating this container for when you're doing this introspective work, when you're saying, what do mm-hmm. I value? Mm-hmm. Creating that container is really important. And I think you need to give yourself 45 minutes and know that when you create that firm boundary, you create that container of 45 minutes for introspection around your own values and your own pumpkin pie. Mm-hmm. It will probably happen in the first 10 minutes. Oh. It probably will. Like that's yeah. just what I found most of the time in working yeah. with people. You create this container, you think it's going to take you a very long time. So you give yourself, I'm gonna give myself 45 minutes to just think about one of my values today. Mm-hmm. In doing it, you'll it'll come to you much quicker. And then your action is to live that value. Mm-hmm. Practice it. Practice it with how you spend your time, practice yeah. it with how you spend your money, practice it with how you spend your energy. Yeah. So let's apply that example to you because you mentioned yeah. adventure learning and nurturing. Yes. Do you always have a learning goal? Yes. So share with us how often or how you articulate it, how you track against it. What does that look like for you? Sure. So right now in learning, I know that I learn from a few ways. I learn from listening to audiobooks, uh-huh. listening to podcasts, reading, uh-huh. and then writing. Okay. Actually, navigating how I think about it in mm-hmm. journal. Yes. And this is not published, right? Like this is just no. my own work. And I know that every single day I need to learn something. Okay. And so I just, I have a bullet page. That's how I process mm-hmm. my day. And in my page, I'll put what I learned at the end of the day. Wow. And it has to be something. I yeah. mean, I've always learned something. Sometimes... Yeah. It's, you know, I've learned that the new cookware that I bought is actually not nonstick. Like, (laughs) it does not always have to be, you know, know, letters from Seneca here, right? Like, it doesn't always have to be this grand thing. But tracking the fact that I'm doing this work, Mm -hmm. here are the actions that I can take that foster that work. Mm -hmm. Am I taking those daily actions? Then the work will follow. It will happen. It's, It's a handoff. And I think one of my favorite exercises to do, mm-hmm. and I call it like memory heightening, is okay. I take a moment from the day, a good moment from the week, the day, whatever. And then I identify how each of my values was brought alive through that moment. Wow. And when you do that, it's kind of like taking that memory, that moment mm-hmm. from a solid eight to like 15 vibrancy. <laughs> You can't even you can't even contain it. And that's that's the benefit of knowing your values mm-hmm. and then living your values and then reflecting on your lived experience. Yeah. It just becomes heightened. So I'm feeling a little inadequate right now. This is just amazing. You're making me want to step up my game. <laughs> so I love these examples. Do you have an example that helps us see when it hasn't been so easy? Mm, Maybe there isn't a day when you documented the learning. Maybe there isn't a day that was you were able to get eight to fifteen in a heightened alignment with your values. What what does that feel like, and how do you navigate around it? I will say that I know that the slope is slippery. Yeah, and that if I go two days, I'll go twelve. Wow. Okay. 
So I've recognized that it can't, I can't go more than three days. If it goes to day uh-huh. three, then we've got a problem because I'm going to go on the off ramp. Okay. And so I put in some fail-safe measures there for myself to say, okay, mm-hmm. on day two, if I'm not clicking in line with my values, then something is off. Mm-hmm. I need to look at my calendar. I need to recharge. I need mm-hmm. to create some space. And that happens. I mean, there is no perfection here. I am writing in pencil. Yes. On yeah. all of it. Um, you know, I would say at the beginning of September, right after Labor Day, I I slumped. I went into like a good 12 day. Mm. I didn't read for 12 days. I didn't write for 12 days. I was in my own funk of feeling like, okay, things weren't coming the way that I thought that they were going to. I had unnamed expectations about mm. what the fall would mean. Yeah. And because they were unnamed, I felt disappointed without mm. reason. Mm. This is very vulnerable and reflective, and I appreciate you sharing it because I get the questions from listeners, from clients, and I put myself in the same box of there are routines that I had had that were very valuable to me. Mine were largely around nutrition and exercise, and others have different ones, uh, that became rusty through some of the periods of, of the pandemic when you just had an excuse to let something slide. And we can't let it keep sliding because this period is going on and on and on. So for you, you mentioned 12 days. What's the moment, the catalyst that pops you back into the rhythm? Mm. How do you get that uh, the, the muscle back, the muscle memory back? It's slow. I, mm-hmm. I will tell you that it felt clunky and hard yeah. the first few days. Yeah. It was not something that I was anticipating. So it kind of knocked me. I had... Uh, call with a friend of mine who is a coach and Mm. we do co-coaching, which is really beneficial for me to have somebody that knows, knows the work, knows me. Mm. And she was like, what's going on? Mm. And she's like, when was the last time you wrote the values on the top of your page? Wow. And it was like, ah, yeah, Uh let me flip back through that notebook. Mm -hmm. And it had been like 12 days since I had written my values at the top of the page. And I had just kind of I'd slipped out of it. And like I said, it's it's a slippery slope out of that mm. practice. So we talked earlier about a very practical piece of advice of uh, protecting your boundaries, identifying your version of the pumpkin pie plate. Yeah. Is there any other advice that you have for me, sweet listeners, around things that we should start doing differently on Monday? I think for this coming Monday, to just pay attention to how you feel. Mm. And start to gain some awareness on when you feel like things are aligned and it feels good and when it feels clunky. And if you write down, if you have a day planner, Mm -hmm. if you can modify in your Outlook calendar, like if you were to rate this meeting, how you felt in this meeting between Mm. a scale of negative three and three, where would you put yourself? And at the end of the week, how many things did you have that were negative and how many things did you have that were positive? Yeah. And as you're looking to plan the next week and the week after that, make sure that you've got enough space for the good stuff. Mm -hmm. So I'll do this exercise with myself. Um, I'm feeling like a three right now after this meeting. I'm glad, me too. (laughs) Yeah, I appreciate you uh, joining me in the Me Suite and sharing your perspectives. You've seen so much and you have a lot to teach and I really appreciate what you're putting out uh, into the world with your Real Women in Business podcast. So thank you for that. 
And thank you for joining me in the Me Suite. This is Cass McCrory, everybody. Thank you, Donna. And hey, you should go check out Donna's episode on the Real Women in Business podcast. It came out on October 13th. Subscribe to the podcast and give us five stars if you like what you're hearing. And learn more about the MeSuite career coaching and professional development at themesuite.com. It's the-me-suite.com. Suite is spelled like executive suite. This is Donna Peters, and I thank you for having me in your ear right now. Find me on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter. The Me Suite, a source of power for the life-minded.